Well, you're at another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. You made it this far. You've been binging and you've gone through 104 episodes and here's your 105th. My name is Father Christian here on A Priest and Rabbi and next to me is the rather dapper. Oh, he is just so in shape with this nice haircut. It is my colleague, Rabbi Durbin. Um, are you ready for another episode, buddy? Uh, I'm ready, and thank thank you for the for the wonderful shout out on uh, on the, on this haircut. I uh, a couple of days ago it was my daughter's fifth birthday on um, on uh, on Wednesday, and we had a big event uh, that night virtually on um, the criminal justice system. And uh, all my my five year old wanted was a haircut, and I thought, you know what, maybe it's better to get a haircut before tonight's event, where you know hundreds if not thousands of people will see it. Um, and you know what, as I as I came home last night, I said to my wife, thank God I got a haircut. Because it was it was looking pretty shaggy. It was looking like you. Uh huh. That that's right. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Um, what else is coming for this week? So we're gonna learn how to how to have hair conversations that usually become a big conflict on the show. We lob these fastballs at each other about each other's hair. How do we do that compassionately and hear what each other's pain is underneath and this? Non-violently. I don't want to do it violently. I want to do it non-violently. Well, that's let's do it non-violently. So there's a lot of talk about non-violent communication. How can we really get be more effective in our communication and not get lost in all this other mishigas that use that word correctly mishigas mm -hmm. uh and really just have more effective it's really effective communication but we do that by being compassionate because at the end of the day we're all children of god and god has placed um compassionate hearts within us so let's get to it we're bringing in mr jan Kenyon today who just flew in john are, are did you know what side is up or down right now you just walked into a priest and a rabbi podcast yeah, yeah, it's a little, you know, disorienting, but really wonderful to see this uh, collaboration between the two of you. It's uh, actually, in, in all truth, it's very uh, inspiring and moving to me how I see you two working together and the, 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 the love that I actually see. So it's wonderful. Well, John is a coach and a mediator, works in nonviolent communication. Um, he is going to lead us uh, today where we're going to actually do a mediation uh, role play uh, on this episode, but he's going to give us the nuts and bolts of what really is um, hearkening to Marshall Rosenberg's technique of nonviolent communication. So uh, as you go grab your coffee, go look up that book online, Nonviolent Communication. You're going to look up johnkenyon.com and purchase all of his coaching programs. And we're going to go grab our coffee and get ready for another episode. Gentlemen, are you ready? Born ready. All right, let's get ready for episode 4322 of A Priest and a Rabbi. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. Opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a rabbi. Good morning, Stewart, Florida. This is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here and a priest and a rabbi. 
Next to me is, he's the Batman, I'm the Robin. It is the best looking rabbi this side of the Jordan River. Uh, Matthew Durbin from Temple Bechayam. Rabbi Durbs, how are you feeling? Good morning. It's great to be with you. Can you give me a blessing? We are, uh, I'm doing really well. It's great to, it's great to virtually see you. Uh, yes, virtual way is the way to go. Uh, and uh, there's all, we're exploring so many different forms of communication as, as temples, as mosques, as churches. And this radio show is just one of them, how we can reach out to folks and touch you like Depeche Mode said. Um, so listen, today, Rabbi, we got a, we got a great show. We yeah, really well, great Andrew, show. We're, in, we're in 64 countries. 64 countries, everyone. So listen, Four what countries. Rabbi means by that is that this show is also podcasted. So you're right now driving down 95, going to your job out in Hope Sound. You're like, I just discovered this priest and a rabbi show. I want to hear about this show with, led by a crazy priest and a really smart and intelligent rabbi. So you can go to our podcast and you can just go, just just Google, Bing, search engine, anything. Just put a priest and a rabbi podcast. Um, we'll show up when you see the handsome uh, rabbi and uh, the goofy priest and you know you got the right one. Listen to all the topics. Uh, we really try to get relevant topics uh, that we look through a Judeo-Christian lens. Uh, a, a topic that's really close to our heart that ever since our country started burning about a year ago um, was how do we learn to talk to each other again, compassionately, um, empathetically, uh, or empathically, um, <laughs> patiently, and with grace. And it's especially as people of faith. I don't know about you, Rabbi, but a lot of times I hear this discourse. Most of the time when I hear the discourse, especially between um, just religious leaders and religious camps or religion and culture, it's not nice. It doesn't really reflect uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, at least from my perspective, uh, how Jesus would approach it. Um, so I, how about but you? But it's interesting, Father Anderson, because I think, I think you know, I, I mean, you're certainly right. And I don't think that this is something that just happened with the pandemic and 12 months ago, I think our culture and our society has been going down this 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 road for a long time, um, and it's interesting that as you as you mentioned, in terms of you know, have we lost the art of empathetic listening? Have we lost the art of communication? And the other part of me thinks and 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 really you know says to myself, is it really also about losing the art of communication? Or is it that we as a nation in some way are viscerally angry? And maybe as a nation, we haven't recognized our own anger. Um, and, you know, I know with the work that you do, the work that I do, and certainly our, uh, you know, incredible and impactful guest, uh, John Kenyon, who has joined us here today to really explore some of those issues and those challenges. This is great. And I think you're right. You, you hit it. You hit a big part of this anger because we recently saw that anger and, uh, and we see how our country responded to a tremendous amount of anger that people had. Um, so let's 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 get right to our guest. Um, his name is John Kenyon. He's the co-creator and founder of Mediate Your Life International Training Program. Now, what John's background leads him to do this? He's a certified trainer of the Center for Nonviolent Communication. You all might know about this, but if you don't know about this, you're about to know. So act like you know. He also has an MS in clinical psychology. He's flying in all the way on Zoom Airlines from California. He's up in the Bay Area. Uh, so, John, it is great to have you on the show. Welcome to A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm enjoying the, uh, the banter between the two of you and uh, what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. So I feel real 
uh, blessed, if you will, to be here. <laughs> How awake do you feel? Because we know this is a live show, so it is oh, yeah. like 6 a.m. Out, out in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's a little early for me, but I for you guys, I you know, I bounce, no problem. I do it. Good man. For you. man. All right, so let's let's you know, uh, just a little while ago, I was, the the guy who looks over the whole National Church for the Episcopal Church is presiding with Bishop Michael Curry. He made a statement at one point where he referenced nonviolent communication, and it set off some some the receptors of a lot of people. Like, what is that? Well, what is he talking about? So that is a big part of your work. So can you tell us what the heck is nonviolent communication? Yeah, yeah. Well, it really, it really is my work. And and um, so there's like the lowercase and nonviolent and communication as just like a, a sort of type of, and I other words for it too, empathic communication, compassionate communication. I particularly like empathic communication. The word nonviolence, unless people have uh, know about the work of Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King, how he... Uh, in the civil rights movement, and the and the actually the um, women's suffrage movement, and in a lot of places, utilizing the approach of nonviolence as a political social movement. But not everybody kind of has that association, and so the word nonviolence gets kind of like uncomfortable for some people. I'm not mm. violent, or you know, or that's not for me. But actually, it's really about how even just in our everyday speech, there's a kind of violence in it, if you, it, it, in terms of subtlety. And of course, that often can, if we get angry enough, as you mentioned, uh, Rabbi, that, yeah, then it leads into physical violence. But it's like on the same spectrum, really, just how we talk to ourselves. As, as you know, we all know, we can be incredibly harsh with our words and, you know, blaming, criticizing, judging harshly, you know, um, ourselves as well as others. Sometimes we're hardest on ourselves, but we can be brutal. You know, it's a big deal about the um, kind of what online um, trolling and bullying and right. I mean, it's it's huge just on the verbal level of how we treat each other and, and how and, harmful that can be. And John, you know, when we look at that term as you as you you know defined and and, and described in terms of nonviolent communication. Uh, where does body language come into it too? Because I think mm. body language is a nonverbal way of communicating uh, in some way. How does that? How does that play in? Yeah, well, I like to think I, I like to think of like uh, the evolution with us humans from from the very beginning. How you know language came online, but before the the language of like words and concepts and right verbal linguistic. There was just body language, right? Just sounds and movement, and 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 then it became pictures, right? Images and pictures, and then into words. And so I, this now, you know, communication. What I focus is is about the words we use, but embedded in those words is all the body, the body language that goes with the words. That our bodies, you know, to, uh, create the sounds that the words take shape in. And um, so for me, the body is being aware of our bodies and how our bodies are affected by the words and how our bodies are part of, of, of generating the language that we're communicating with is, is super, super important. And often we kind of live up in our heads and we're not really embodied in how we're kind of being present to the words we're using and the words that we're hearing. So, right, so I'll keep talking about that. 
So tell us more about, because you're not just some guy who says, hey guys, let's talk to each other in a nice way. I mean, you, you've, you've actually, uh, were, I don't want to use, well, we're, Judeo, we're a Judeo-Christian show, so I'll throw this up. You've been discipled <laughs> um, by, by, uh, by Marshall Rosenberg, right? Who yeah. is the one who developed nonviolent communication. So this is not just like a little thing, a cute little thing. This is actually an institute that has a thousand yeah. trainers all over the world and people yeah. practice this and it helps with mediation and Middle East conflicts. I mean, this is, so I don't want our listeners to be thinking like, this is some cute little like quote unquote snowflake thing. I mean, this is, this yeah. is a, a very powerful way for us to be able to have success in communication from business to legal matters to political issues. So tell us really about the structure that, that or more about Marshall's work. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little, little bit of the, the history. I, uh, so yes. This body of work with the capital N nonviolent communication, NVC is the acronym that's most uh, sort of well-known with this work and uh, developed, created, developed by Marshall Rosenberg, as you said. And, and Marshall, I met Marshall back in 1998 and uh, he became my, my close mentor. I was really uh, it's so uh, grateful that I, I got to spend a lot of time and learn so much and but he had developed it he started in the 60s um traveling first all over the u.s and then he got invited around the world and he literally spent like four decades or over four decades literally just on the road most of the time going wherever he was invited to share this work and over time it started you know trainers started to be certified and as you said yeah now there's probably close to a thousand certified trainers by the the center for not so as the center for nonviolent communication got created i think in the 70s early 80s maybe something like that and then um yeah and then it just it just has grown and grown and grown over the years <clears throat> and it's probably in most a lot of countries around the world um almost it's almost it's every country case where I mean, it's well the center yeah the center is in um albuquerque new mexico so well now it's mostly it's basically virtual right uh but yeah there there is brick and mortar there and um in new mexico but it's really very international like there's a big trainer community in europe um growing one in asia and then the, all over like i said just many many countries around the world but yeah that's where the the actual international center is is physically located and where do you see, I mean, especially we're, we're starting to use it at our, at our church right now. So we're just seeing it as a way of how do we grow into being the call that Jesus has for us to be the peacemakers. You know, he says in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. Well, yeah. how the heck do we become peacemakers in our, in our community? That seems pretty, pretty divided at times, or you can't even say certain words that have political connotations because people just uh, either run the other way or pick up their fists uh, yeah. uh, figuratively, hopefully not physically. Uh, however, what are the big applications that you see of nonviolent communication? Just you're a coach, you're a mediator. What are the phone calls you get when someone says, John, I need you here. Uh, we need you to be a part of this. Uh, wh what do you see? Wow. I mean, uh, uh, the whole, the whole spectrum. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, there's so many ways I could answer that question. It's, I mean, you, you really said it like all these areas, whether it's in organizations or people's personal life or the community of you know one of the the projects that I'm working on right now is having community dialogues of really helping people have political conversations it's called across the aisle so facilitating on that level people trying to to hear each other there's a lot of work that happens in prisons 
Um, and, uh, you know, just more about that. So what happens? So how does that work in prisons? Is that between? It's a training. Yeah. So people go in to nonviolent communication trainers go in and and offer that the the training. So there's, um, you know, a lot of different approaches to to this training. And if I can get into some of the, you know, we can talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of what the work actually is at that level. But um, yeah, I mean, just every setting like where I do a lot of mediation. So mediating between families, I like working with families in conflict, um, but it's also, you know, business partners or people in a, in a team or a department at, at a workplace or going wherever to, to help people um, hear each other in a, in a empathic way. And uh, there really is, there's, there's an art, but also kind of a science to the, uh, the, what is the language and how does language structured that really helps us connect at an empathic kind of human level. So we get easily disconnected in the ways we think and speak. And so this is like how to be, what, what's a, being aware of what actually disconnects us, creates suffering and even violence. And then what language and this kind of those structures of language that really support us being connected the way we're, we're wired for it, right? We're wired to be, to be empathic, to be caring and loving and kind and generous. And we just get totally cut off from that. But really that's, that's in us to be that way. So this is just really coming back to what's natural in us. And there really is a way to use language to do that. And John, you know, just, just, just for our listeners and for us as well, what brought you to the work that you do? I mean, was there something growing up that inspired yeah. you? Was there, you know, a challenge that you overcame? Was it just being enlightened through college? Uh, you know, how, how did you come yeah. to do the work that you do? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll use that to tell my origin story. And I've told it many, many times. Probably, I don't know, many of your listeners would have heard it. So I'll give a brief version of that as part of answering your question. But yeah, I, I uh, um, no, I, I, I grew up being kind of the guy people would like to talk to because I'd be a good listener and stuff. But I was very into sports and parties. And I don't know, I, I, I was just, I had a pretty normal childhood in a lot of ways. Uh, but when I got into um, college and started really getting interested in psychology and wanting to help people that way, and then I got really enamored with the work of Gandhi and Carl Rogers, who's a pretty famous humanistic psychology uh, 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 psychotherapist that came up with a whole body of work called uh, client-centered therapy. So anyways, I got totally in, 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 uh, in love with those two. And then I found... Uh, Marshall Rosenberg in the work of nonviolent communication as kind of something that brought it all together, both the kind of interpersonal, kind of relational, how do we be with each other in a, in a healing kind of way, and how do we look at the social systemic kind of what creates violence in the world, and how do we respond with love and nonviolence. So I was got into that, and then the, uh, uh, there's a that what really led catapulted me to the work that I do is a colleague and I, Marshall Rosenberg was going to go, it was right after 9-11 and uh, the bombings in Afghanistan and the refugees were streaming across into Pakistan and millions of people on the border on the camps and Marshall was going to go there in early 2002 and we were all together in Europe at a meeting and then it got called off because it got too violent, too too dangerous. And the State Department was saying, don't go, don't go. 
but my buddy and I, Ike, we decided to go anyways, even though Marshall wasn't, didn't say, you know, not going to go, but we, um, for various reasons, uh, we ended up going anyways. And it was an incredible adventure that, um, was pretty dangerous and pretty crazy, but one of those things where you just kind of, you know, your heart kind of says, do it, even though everything says makes no sense and don't do it. But we ended up going and we made our way into, uh, all the way up through Pakistan to the Northwest frontier province. And when it got into a camp and worked with Afghan elders from the whole region of the camp, and we ended up mediating a conflict that came up. Uh, first, we were just trying to share what is nonviolent communication. It didn't make any sense to them what we were trying to offer. Like, you know, through all this translation, like eight different languages, and and uh, we had a translator, but it was tough. But and then a, a conflict just sort of broke out. And uh, my, my buddy Ike was pretty scared, like, oh, shit, you know, but I was like, oh, man, this is great. We can show them why we're here now, you know, so got them all. There's like 40 elders we were working with and we got them and they were from different tribes. Though, so they're like a lot of tensions, got them kind of settled down and said, hey, let me show you what what this thing is. And I mediated between these two elders that kind of represented two sides of this conflict. And all I did just to give your li listeners a little taste of what this is, I listened to the first elder and it's like, so, you know, what's what, what do you want the other one to hear? And as he spoke, he was kind of talking in terms of judgments and this is wrong and you can't do it that way. And I was just listening and reflected back like, oh, what do you, is it, is what you really want um, about safety and respect and, and um, kind of uh, honoring of tradition. Is that, is that what that is for you? Just getting to underneath his judgments, what are the universal needs? What, what, what unites us all as human beings? So I got that for him and it took a little while. And then I went to the other elder who had a totally different view on this, this conflict. And I said, would you before you tell, would you say what you just heard him say and particularly what he cares about, what he wants at that deeper level? And at first he couldn't do it. I had to keep kind of, we call it kind of pull him gently by the ears to hear what the, what the guy had said, especially his, his needs and how he felt about those needs. And then finally he did it. And then I did the same thing for him. And I got to his needs were, what were about like hospitality and connection and sharing and, and, um, sort of com coming together as a, as a, a, a collaborate, a collaboration. So that was kind of his needs. And then I got the other elder to re just repeat those needs back to him. So underneath their judgments of each other of right and wrong, good, bad, should, shouldn't do it that way. Got to what they really cared about underneath, got them to hear each other and say back to each other what they heard at that human level, that universal level that we all want the same things. And the whole room, you could see just everybody was like, is like pin drop of just watching this unfold. And then I said, so, so does anybody in the room, everybody else was watching, not have all these needs, not want all these things. And they all started nodding. And then I said, hey, what about, how about we all work together to find a strategy that meets all these needs? And then it didn't take long. We came up with something. And then uh, I said, so we did it. We, we, we worked together. We found a way to meet these needs together. And then there's like this silence. And then everybody started chat clapping and cheering and standing up and talking. So it was, uh, it was a really powerful experience of across the world, totally different culture, totally different languages 
that we were able to support this sort of coming together in an empathic way, uh, what was about to lead into a, 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 a kind of a, an intense conflict. And uh, that led to coming back from that, all the work um, Ike was his name, Ike and I together developed uh, this Mediate Your Life and doing that all over the world as a training, of, uh, an aspect of training of nonviolent communication. I would imagine that event is the moment you're like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. This yeah. is my calling. Yeah. Like, yeah. That this is, you know, in my profession, we say God has spoken and this, this is where God is leading me. This is my mission to make this world a better place. And so that, wow, good. There's so many cool things about that story. A, but one of them is, and my wife and I were just talking about this last night. If you were married with children, you probably would not have made that decision. No, <laughs> it's no. a single guy. You're like, who cares? Let right. me go. If I die, I die. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought I might. Flying over, I was like, it suddenly struck me out. I could die doing this. Like, what am I doing? This is this is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, luckily I didn't. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, being married, that wouldn't have happened. So, uh, but so this is um, all right. So we've got a little bit of a feel of what it really looks like, and we've heard these themes of just listening to one another, but listening with our hearts. Uh, not getting distracted by judgment, uh, but really what you're saying, your work helps people to go way below the surface and get to these, what you call universal needs that we have, that we all have in our hearts. Um, yeah. But your job as the mediator uh, is, is to really just keep on pulling us by our ears for us to connect and hear really one of their, our needs. Uh, yeah. Because when we come into those conflicts, it's just we're we're just these aggressors, and we're enemies. well, we're in our heads, just judging away uh, and beating up on each other uh, in our in our with our with our minds, judging. And yeah, this is about how do we, uh, you know, see that, be aware of that. It's not make that wrong, but what this insight that Marshall Rosenberg has, every judgment of wrongness, like you're so horrible, terrible, selfish. The, Every one of those judgments is actually an expression of a, of a need, an underlying human quality that we all like. So if I say you're so selfish, what I'm really saying is I really want consideration and care for others. But of course, when we say it as a judgment of an attack on somebody, then they don't respond like, oh, thank you for letting me know that you want more consideration, right? People get defensive and counterattack. And so... That's such an, a, a powerful insight that we can, with practice, learn to hear every judgment or just at least know it's possible as somebody actually or ourselves whenever we're doing it. It's just expressing something we all care about, we all want and need. And the same with our feelings. We often blame our feelings on other people. But if we can drop from our heads down into our heart and our body and really feel what's in our body, and they connect that to what we care about, to these universal qualities, which in a religious context, we could think of as sort of these divine, this sort of divine, you know, um, energies are like love and safety and respect and care and generosity and kindness, right? These are these sort of godlike qualities, the qualities we think of as being um, of, of what we is, is sort of divine and sacred about how we can relate to to ourselves and others. So it's just really dropping down to that level with our language and being aware enough to do that, conscious and mindful enough to do that. And from that place of what we all need and want, then what do we, what, what's our request? So that's the, kind of another whole huge paradigm shift, request versus demand. So we so often 
get into sort of demanding of ourselves and others. And this is like a totally different paradigm of inviting an enjoyment of giving and receiving in that spirit of, of, of Christ, of, of, you know, any religious tradition, what those are really about love in action. How do we love each other and care for each other and be compassionately giving and receiving. And it's really getting to that place through these sort of structures of language. All right. So this is, uh, we've gotten, the fire hose has opened up on nonviolent communication. We're trying to take it as much as we can. So we're going to take a quick break to get a breather. When we come back, we'll be continuing our show with uh, John Kenyon, mediator and coach in, in the work of nonviolent communication. And he is going to uh, uh, coach Rabbi Durbin and myself. And, a, and we're going to be in conflict. We're going to role play. And he's going to lead us through this so we can show you what it's like, how this works. Uh, and uh, so all that's going to be coming back on the second half of A Priest and a Rabbi. Uh, don't you go anywhere. We'll be back in right a couple of minutes to see who are the wonderful people who help keep the lights on and the budget for a rabbi to cut his hair. We'll see you in just a couple minutes. You're listening to A Priest and a Rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe. And please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And I want to let you know that I have started a YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor or someone to be there for you 
during a challenging time. And you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. We are back with part two of A Priest and a Rabbi. If you are just tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Steerage, Florida. Uh, and next to me is the most wonderful rabbi this side of the St. Lucie River. And also, let's throw the Jordan River in there, too. Uh, it's Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Hayam. Um, nothing we say is representative of our houses of worship. Please don't do that because then we'll get in lots of trouble because we're both a little wild and crazy. Uh, but so the person who's going to keep us sane and grounded in our hearts and communicating in a compassionate way today is our wonderful guest, John Kenyon. Uh, he's the co-creator and founder of the Mediate Your Life International Training uh, uh, Program. Uh, and we're talking nonviolent communication. And we're hoping this becomes a hot buzzword in our country because it's something uh, we all desperately need. So if you met the first half of the show, John gave a, uh, an understanding of what really does nonviolent communication mean, this idea of moving from our head to our hearts, of, of getting beyond the, the, what's going on underneath our judgments, finding out what our universal needs are. And so then uh, these two respective parties can hear each other in a totally different way and find common ground to find a solution. It uh, doesn't mean you're trying to change the other person's mind. You're just trying to really hear each other's heart and the power of the heart will, uh, will, 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 will transform us. Uh, and, and as people of faith, we definitely believe that. Uh, so we thought for the second part of the show that we would have the rabbi and I have a conflict going on. Uh, and so John would be the mediator that we flew in from the Bay Area to help bring this priest and a rabbi to a place of understanding and peace. So, John, what's the best way for this to happen? Yeah, well, you'll I, you will see how skill if I'm skillful enough to help, you know, characters like the two of you. So we'll see if, I, you know, what the limits are here. But <laughs> um, and I just also want to say, too, like we, we it looks like we're going to do this as a as a mediation, like I described between the the Afghan elders. But any of this can be used, I like to think, in terms of mediating our lives. So if we're dealing with challenge and conflict, it can be mediating our inner voices, like the parts of ourself that get in conflict, right? That happens all the time. And then interpersonally between ourselves, and we can kind of mediate our, those com difficult conversations. But then also, yeah, we can help and support others or get that support from others to have difficult conversations. So we'll model it that way. But it really don't want everybody to know we can you can be used on all these different levels from the inner and these different levels of the outer. So I would say if you two we talked, you know, uh, some yesterday, if you want to kind of role play something, so you have a little more freedom to play. And uh, but I would say pick a situation that you want to kind of play out some kind of conflict, maybe something that's uh, sort of very present for one or one or both of you and your in your lives and um, just take on two roles, two characters, and then 
I'll 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 just go right into a quick little mediation. So, Rabbi, I don't know. I, one, one thing I thought about is, uh, which is something that it would be fictitious, but I know that one thing that happens a lot is that the interfaith meetings, uh, there's this praying in the name of Jesus, um, especially when like you're there. And it seems like a complete disregard for why are we having interfaith meeting and we're praying in the name of Jesus when we have Jews and other religions here. So we could either go down that route and I can play the role of uh, the pastor who thinks it's, you know, I don't want to apologize for my faith. We're all here. Um, or um, um, no, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. I think I think I think it's a great topic. I think it is uh, interesting. Um, as you said, if we really are an interfaith community, you know, uh, maybe we should listen to the you know the needs and the sensitivities of others. I like it. Okay, I was either that or I'd be one of your congregants, and I'm sick and tired of hearing you speak about politics from the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, sounds, should we go to the first one? Let's go with the first one. Okay, so let's give you, uh, do you want to make up some name then for your, your role, Father Christian? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be Father Christian. You'll be Father Christian. Okay, yeah. so you'll be kind of using yourselves there. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's, let's just go right into it then. Oh, I know, but I, what I'd like you to do to make it interesting for the uh, listeners is, you know, be judgmental perhaps more than you would normally or like really really tap into your inner critic your inner kind of uh i don't know um angry defensive argumentative self if you can find that and that way it'll just kind of show how do we work with you know those very common things that come out even in a place where people are trying to get along often that kind of erupts into into the communication so just you know, you. now that yeah. I think about this, since we're on a live radio show and someone might tune in halfway through, right. let's yes. use fictitious names. So I'll, right. be pa- I'll be Pastor Bill. And Rabbi, That's who right. are you going to be? Uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be Rabbi Chaim. Right on time. <laughs> He's right on time. Okay. All right. Bill, Bill, and Chaim. <laughs> Good for picking the easy name there, Rabbi. Yeah, okay. That's great. <laughs> Just all right. So, so father, no, pastor, pastor, Bill, all right, pastor, pastor, Bill. And, but rabbi. Heim. Heim. So, all right. Well, I appreciate you both, you know, uh, seeing if I can support you to talk through this thing. And um, yeah. So if we were I mean, normally maybe give a whole kind of setup, but let's just go right into it. Would who wants to go first? Because I, mean, I find it really helps if we, you know, take turns. One person speaks, the other tries to listen and hear. So who wants to go first? You know, um, um, you know, uh, uh, Pastor, Pastor Bill. I could, Pastor Bill, if I could just get you know a quick word before we, before we enter into this into this great conversation that I know we have many of our colleagues with. You know, I am aware that you are giving the introductory blessing and prayer for today's meeting. And I am aware that I am the only Jewish person um, and clergy member present here at this interfaith meeting of the minds to work for the greater good of our community to which we serve and to which we live. Is there any way that instead of saying in the name of Jesus, just as Jews, you know, we don't subscribe to that tradition and 
you know, is there a way that we could soften it a little bit to be a little bit more inclusive, maybe not use the words in the name of Jesus we pray, but maybe in the name of God we pray, or is there, is there any, is there any leeway with that? I mean, what, you know, what are your thoughts? It's a big ask because what what you're asking me to do is, is to apologize for, or, or really to rationalize my, my faith, to minimize my faith. Uh, that's my call. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a pastor. This is what I do. And that's who the boss is of me is Jesus. So for you to, to, to ask me to apologize or not apologize, but to minimize or ignore, uh, the person who I pray to, uh, is, is, uh, um, um, I think, I think you're asking me to, to, to practice blasphemy, um, in my own tradition. But, but so could not- I, could I interrupt here for just a moment and try to help see if I can help support this, you know, to kind of get to a place of, of, of hearing each other and also maybe finding something that works for both of you. So uh, Pastor Bill, let me first see if I'm understanding what you're saying. So there's, in these meetings, you feel that because of your faith and what you feel called to, like, it sounds like you, you can feel pretty passionate and, and, strongly about wanting to, what is it? Is it about wanting to show the, the spirit of what, what is in your faith? Is it f- important to sort of reflect that or maybe say a little more what, what really is important to you under wanting to do this? Well, we're having an interfaith meeting. So we're, it's, it's a meeting of, uh, of, we all represent these different religions. And for me, I unabashedly and I'm a, a follower of Jesus Christ. So uh, that that's who, when I'm here, that's who I pray to. So it's an admiration. It's, it's more of a, a, a giving glory. Uh, but, to uh, but Pastor let me, Bill. Let me, uh, Rabbi, let me just make sure I got that. Let me make sure I got that. So you said, so there's something about like uh, a, uh, the glory of, of, of Jesus that you want to show. And, and let me just like something that maybe, the rabbi could also relate to in what you're saying. Um, is it about just being able to share a spiritual connection, really? Like what you feel is really going to support a, a kind of spiritual connection with what ultimately matters. Not a good way to say it. There's a sharing, but there's also an honoring. So, honoring. Yeah, there's an honoring, and and so there's a there's a commandment, you know, in the in the scripture. It's not a commandment, but it's uh, the the call that Jesus gives us to to say to pray in His name. So to be asked to pray in another, you know, to to disregard that is is a uh, is would be an issue biblically. I see. For me. I see. So so there's sort of thinking that that could be disregarding or just dis, you know d- diminishing and somewhat. And sounds like the 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 kind of intensity that you're feeling maybe about this is about honoring, wanting to honor the, 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 the faith and what you believe and what you feel is, is so um, important. So, so. Yeah. And obedience. Yeah. And honor and obedience. Honor. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking the word honoring might be a place that you could kind of share in a certain, like, What's important in, in what I'm trying to offer is how getting to a, a, a level that we everybody can sense. Oh yeah, we all want that. We all want that. So the sense of honoring of what what really matters and what's really important and spiritually. So if that if we can take that part of it, what you're saying, 
and I like to go the rabbi. Rabbi is is before you say more, I wonder if you could just say what you're hearing, even if you have a different, you know, thing you want. And what I hear when I hear Pastor Bill, you know, express his need is that in he wants to be authentic to his tradition and to what he subscribes to. And I definitely respect that. I guess my question for Pastor Bill would be if we truly are an interfaith community, we're not a faith community in terms of everyone being the same and subscribing to the same. So I guess my question for Pastor Bill is in no way am I trying to minimize what you're trying to say or your own experience and your own belief system. I'm just saying, is there a way we can go directly to the source, the source being God, in some way in terms of bypassing Jesus to go straight to God? Because as Jews, we certainly offer our petitionary prayers. We pour out our longing and our liturgy to God. We're grateful for the gift that God has given us. We want to impart that upon others. I guess I guess my question is, you know, what is the seeming, you know, stumbling block between, is there a stumbling block between going to Jesus or is there a way that you can bypass and go just straight to God? That, that bypass. Let me see if I'm hearing you, Rabbi. I'm that you sounds if I heard part right that the wanting to focus on God that is in a more universal way that you could feel more included in and in, in oh yeah a way that would help you feel more like the sense of inclusion and there's space for everybody's differences but in a way that that there's a a, a level of what you share in common in terms of faith in God. So is that is that a good way like that it's about ultimately a sense of uh, honoring as well in a way like honoring differences and a sense of inclusion in that that you're wanting at these meetings? Yep. Okay. So now maybe there might be more to go into there. I wonder first though when you had said back to uh Pastor Bill I heard him talk about honoring. I didn't hear you use that word and that seemed to be an important word of like why he wants to do what he wants to do. So are you willing just to say back to him something about, okay, I hear that for you, what's important is honoring your tradition and what's really important to you or something like that. Just like letting him know what you heard about that need. I mean, you know, and I, and I think, I think, I think, you know, for me, it is one of those things about, I certainly want to honor your tradition as well. But at the same time, I think that there's a recognition that your tradition is also vastly different than my own tradition. Yes, and, and you probably are, want the same thing. You want that honoring. But let me just make sure that Pastor Bill, do you feel understood? Like that that Rabbi Chaim is 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 hearing you. Is he is he hearing what's important to you about honoring? Do you have a sense that he's hearing that? Even though you have maybe disagreement about what to do about this, do you hear do you do you feel understood? Not fully yet. What I'm not hearing Rabbi say is that um the, the, the use of the word bypass Jesus to a Christian uh, just seems, uh, I'll be frank, um, ignorant um, and not really in tune with how the Christian faith works. You're asking me to bypass uh, God. And so for us, Jesus is God. 
he's the manifestation of God. So they say, can you just bypass him for this prayer? That's a big ask. So what I'm not hearing is some kind of understanding of that ask. It is saying, I understand that, like, what I would love to hear is I understand that, yes, for you, Jesus is the Messiah. And, and I'm asking a big deal for you not to say his name. So that, that kind of like, is a kind of a hit, you know, that, that's kind of like a, a there's, I don't want to so say respect, me, but it hurts. The, ah, let me, let me, yeah. So I appreciate this kind of dropping a little bit here. So I heard you say bypass. That's kind of the, the thinking that you have, right. That it, it, you're interpreting this as it's being, you're being bypassed in some way. Right. And then how you, sounds like how you feel right now is you kind of hurt and angry. Does that sound right? Yeah. Frustrated. Okay. And, and frustrated. Okay. And then let's link that to what you really want. That this last thing that you said, it sounds like respect and um, the other words you use that you want to feel respected for. Um, yeah. Say again, respect. What else? You used another word there. Uh, just respect and 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 underst- really understanding, understanding. Of the Christian faith. Yeah, understanding like, what that ask is. It just seemed like a flippant request. Okay, and understanding uh, from your faith what is important. Yeah, so understanding and respect and honoring. So so this is kind of taking what you feel and connecting that to what you really want, what you really care about. And, yeah. And so let, let me ask Rabbi. Rabbi, are you willing to say back? To Pastor Bill, even though you both still have some differences of how you're seeing this, but just like how he's feeling about it, like and and what he's wanting, these words we were getting to at the end there about about understanding respect, just to say back to him, okay, Pastor Bill, I hear you say da 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 da. What are you hearing him say? Well, I mean, I definitely hear Pastor Bill effectively, you know, say that that this is unwavering a very important to him and to his faith what i'm not hearing is an acknowledgement on the other side for me and my faith so although pastor bill you may say the word bypass as ignorant of not knowing the christian tradition i would say in some semblance in some way as well for you invoking the name of Jesus and know full well that as a rabbi or even as a Jewish person that you yourself are being ignorant for not acknowledging my own faith. So you want the same thing. You want the same thing of acknowledging your faith. So you have the same needs basically, right? Acknowledgement and respect and understanding. And also we talked about inclusion. So I'd like to ask uh, Pastor Bill, are you willing now to say what you're hearing the rabbi say? What is important to him? What is he talking about that really matters to him? Uh, What I hear from him, and he doesn't feel being heard and understood um, as a person of faith, that it's a big ask for him um, as a Jew um, to hear a prayer that doesn't reflect um his own faith tradition anything and, and there's a belief that that um that i'm not being considerate of how this hits him that i'm only hearing how it hits me yeah and i heard the part about inclusion that was kind of my guessing but he seemed to resonate for him of wanting to feel that sense of inclusion would you just say which just saying to him what whatever you hear or kind of get about that piece of it um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hear it's definitely in the tenor in his voice of how mm-hmm. he doesn't feel heard and mm-hmm. doesn't feel uh, respected um, and, and uh, considered in how uh, these prayers would be definitely a, a Christocentric prayer. And then we're not doing that in, in, um, in awareness of him and, his, and his, his beliefs. So let's check in with Rabbi. Do you feel heard? Do you feel like he's getting you in terms of what's, what's important to you, what you care about? I do. I guess my concern is, are you saying this merely to placate me right now? And, and effectively harbor judgment or ill feeling after our meeting to which, you know, we're part of in terms of, you know, I said this only to just to say it to placate this rabbi. I don't know. I mean, I, I hear the words. I hear the fact that what the, what the challenges are and, 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 yeah. and trying to bring it into some harmonization between the two of us. Yeah. Um, I just, I well, how about- heard, but I feel like am I really being heard the message of why this may irk me or make me slightly uncomfortable um, in a public setting? Okay. Okay. So yeah, we're, it looks like we're maybe running low on time, but then what we could do at this point, it seems like you're starting both of you maybe starting to connect a bit on these, these needs, these universal needs and what you share at that level and then folk we could focus on yeah what might be a way that would really meet that for both of you and you know kind of focus the attention on on that what requests you could have that really might take care of each other in, in at this level but let's let's go uh see where we are on time and what, what the two you want to do with our last minutes yeah and i mean that was cool i, I think i could see where the, the point is that you have to get to sink it into the heart, sink it into the heart so that this pastor bill is starting to sense and get into the rabbi's heart and yes. feel what it's like to really stand in his shoes. And so there's only, either one is not going to transform until we're not just bouncing around our heads, but yes. that we're really feeling each other's pain. At least from yes. me, that was a part of hearing my brother, this uh, person saying, yeah, and it can't be heady, you know, when he shoots darts, I don't hear it. But when he says, do you realize what that's like for me? Yeah. Like, then it becomes personal. Uh, and then it's like, okay, well, this guy, I am seeing it just from my own end. So we got to figure this out. Um, and it becomes yeah. less heady. That was experience. Exactly. Exactly. Where you feel like there isn't this separation. There's like, a, oh, yeah, we're, we're part of this larger family together. Even though there's the religious differences, there's something underneath that but, but I still go back to the original question, which is, and look, maybe the word bypass is a bad term, but <laughs> in terms of, in terms of this, this understanding that all of our prayers and all that we wish to do, and I understand from the Jesus perspective that it is going to your representative on earth. I, I, I get that. But what I, I guess I- You're talking about the topic. We're talking about the technique. No, I, I understand. I understand. But the technique also goes in with the question, which is how do we also assure that there is some degree of acknowledgement if one party or the other is still, forgive the expression, hell bent on their own decisive decision or their, 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 their own thought? All right. So listen, we are uh, a, 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 we're getting close on time. 
Um, and I think we would need John for in this situation, even though it's fictitious and everything you just heard on the radio was role playing. Um, as you can see, Rabbi wants to keep on going with it. So I think, <laughs> yes, this has happened many times to him. So I understand why he wants to keep on going for this because this happens to him all the time. So I get it. Um, listen, um, John, this is great. This is awesome. We only have a couple of minutes. There are, there are listeners out there probably want to know, I want to get more of this. I want to, where do they start? Is there a book? And then if they want to work with you personally, how does that happen? Yeah. So my website to work with, to work with me, johnkinyon.com, J-O-H-N-K-I-N-Y-O-N.com. Um, lots of information there of, that you can resources and how you can learn this uh, from me. And then of course, the, the Center for Nonviolent Communication cnvc.org just gives access to the whole international body of work and um, the different certified trainers and lots and lots of resources there. So uh, that's for probably the easiest way just to check out to- his website. It's, it's very, it's, it's actually, it's very full of resource and very clear about what he's getting at. And he adds in also meditation and other kind of mindfulness practices, because in order to really do this work, you've got to be grounded in, in, in the heart and mindfulness. So John, you, it's very early out there. Um, we, we sent out the request and immediately you said yes. And we're just grateful to have you on here. And we hope to continue uh, uh, this conversation with you. I know my church will probably be reaching out to you just because we're doing the work now. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you for having me. It was great. Well, Rabbi, um, we could take this work to the next interfaith meeting and, uh, uh, you know, I'll be, a, I'll be, maybe I'll, I'll act like I'm a pastor bill and I'll put on a wig and some, a mustache and we'll just recreate this for everyone. And then we'll sneak John in too. So, all right, everyone. Um, if you uh, enjoyed part of this podcast or part of this radio show, you can check out the full podcast. Just go to a priest and a rabbi.podbean.com and receive everything. God bless you all. Communicate compassionately, love on each other. And until then, we'll see you. Adios. Thank you.